Hello and welcome to PW KidsCast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with the husband and wife team of Matthew Swanson and Robbie Bear, who've collaborated on numerous books together, including 10,000 Stories, an interactive mix-and-match style book, as well as upwards of 70 projects for both children and adults, published by their own small presses, Idiot's Books, and Bobbledy Books. This summer, they're teaming up for a new picture book, Babies Ruin Everything. It's being published in July by Imprint, a division of Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which is sponsoring this podcast. As the title suggests, there's an older sibling at the center of Babies Ruin Everything, and she's not too impressed with the baby brother who can't do anything useful, like throw a frisbee or whistle, and whose nap and bath schedule are wrecking havoc with her own plans for having fun. By the end of the book, though, the young narrator is starting to realize that having an ally on her side might be just the thing to tip the balance of power at home. Well, thank the two of you both for being here. And uh, Robbie, I'll start with a question for you. Have you and Matthew essentially been artistic collaborators for as long as you've been a couple? Or is that something that uh, developed along the way? Yeah, we actually started out just, you know, liking each other as people, remarkably enough. And um, it wasn't until I think I was applying to graduate school for illustration. And Matthew had been writing these weird little stories at night. And I said, you know what, I really need something to illustrate to work on my portfolio And so he showed me some of his stuff, and I just thought it was so funny and so hilarious, but also so in need of illustrations. So that's kind of how we started. We did our very first book. I don't know, Matthew, when was it? I think think we finished it in 2003. Yeah, and it was sort of this weird, it's very weird. It's called A Bully Named Chuck, and and it's sort of about adolescence, and it's not a kid's book, but it looks like a, a picture book. So that was our very first Thing that we worked on back in the day. And and from there, it was just something that we always wanted to do after that. It was so much fun to work together on. So Matthew, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the two of you have a couple of small presses you founded, as well as I think a letterpress business. Um, can you talk about, I guess, how those evolved, you know, out of those initial sort of books and illustrations and projects and how you actually built those up into the next stage of things? Absolutely. So once we made that first book that Robbie mentioned, we knew that we really wanted to do this together. There was something exciting about it. It was um, uh, a creative process that really both spoke to us. But we sort of went on with our lives. Robbie went to grad school. We got jobs working for a design firm in Baltimore, and we didn't have time to make books. So after a couple of years of that, we said, to heck with it. We've got to make books. We've got to do this thing that's calling to us. So we, um, we moved to the eastern shore of Maryland, where Robbie grew up, and we started our small press, Idiot's Books, kind of so that we could say that we'd done it. You know, we wanted to spend a year making books together. They were satirical picture books for adults at this point. They weren't children's books. And we said to a bunch of our friends, look, if you give us 50 bucks, we will send you 10 self-published books over the next year. It was basically just so that we would do what we set out to do. And we said, you know, when we run out of money, we'll go back to the real world. We'll get jobs again, and we will uh, accept adulthood on adulthood's terms. But you know, over the past 10 years, we've just kept making books and we've kept making connections with other creators and finding more and more opportunities. And um, along the way, you know, Idiot's Books has put out, I think, about 45 different satirical titles. And about four or five years ago, we started Bobbledy Books because we wanted to start making books for kids when we started having kids. So, you know, our, our past decade has been very much defined by uh, self-publishing these titles that speak to us tightly collaborating on the texts and, um, you know, really having the opportunity to enjoy complete 
artistic freedom and make a lot of work together. We continue to reject adulthood. <laughs> yes. This is the bottom line. It hasn't come calling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we're still living in this sort of fantastical space where we get to wake up in the morning and, and make books together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, as I understand it, Baby's Rue and Everything really kind of grew out of some of those earlier projects, or one of them specifically. Uh, and I got the impression that Aaron Stein, who heads up Imprint over at Macmillan, um, has maybe been integral in, the, in your movement uh, as a artistic collaborators into working with uh, some of the big houses. Uh, Ravi, can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, Baby's Rue and Everything was originally a book in the Idiot's Book series, you know, we kind of doubled up and we did birth announcements as books for our kids when they were born. And the first book was uh, The Baby is Disappointing. That was for our oldest daughter. And then for our second child, it was that, That's nonfiction. That's, that's a that truth. Is, yeah, that's all yeah. truth. It's all solid, <laughs> solid nonfiction. So the second book was for our second child, and it's called Babies Ruin Everything. And that is sort of about the first child not being happy that the second child is, is now, like, infringing on her space. So... We wrote that book as a book for adults, um, for idiots books. And Erin, we had met working with her. We had gotten a job doing a mix and match book um, for LB Kids when she worked back at LB Kids. And so we worked on that with her. And then from there, we continued to send her our work as we finished it. And she loved Babies Ruin Everything and really wanted to make it a, a kid's book. So that kind of started the ball rolling. And since then, we've, we've worked a lot you know, all of our commercial publishing work has, most of it has been with Aaron. Great. And so, you know, Matthew, uh, you know, as Robbie said, uh, the previous version, the, your first version of, of Babies Ruin Everything was targeted at adults. So can, what was the process like of, of shaping that story into the one that uh, people are going to see on bookstore shelves this summer? Well, we had to remove some of the more unsavory episodes, like when the gigantic baby-eating spiders descend from the ceiling with, you know, blood-dripping fangs, and when the, the baby in the, in the first book just peed on everything all the time, and you can't, you can't show that in a children's book. The older sibling tries to feed the baby peanut butter in hopes that the baby has, you know, peanut butter allergies. So there were, there were some unkid-friendly aspects of the book. Including the illustrations. The illustrations yeah. were very were done as if a child had done them. So they weren't, you know, they weren't especially lovely. Robbie's a lefty, and she did the original version with her left hand, so they would be particularly bad. Um, <laughs> My they're, right they're, hand. They're, they're mm. charming in their way. But, um, but anyway, that, that, that was a process of retaining the spirit of the book, retaining the heart of the story, while just migrating the, the copy and um, creating more of a narrative arc that works in the trade book market. The great thing about working with Erin is that she really knows uh, you know, how this industry works. We've been making books in a very artistic way for a long time, but the whole commercial side of things is very new to us. So Erin's been a great resource for helping us figure out you know, how to, to make our work work in that, in that world. So it's been a huge learning process for us, going from the independent side of things to the trade side, and a really gratifying one. We've worked with a great team throughout. And um, you know, the book... I feel preserves a lot of what I love best about the first. I, w- I would love to have retained some of those episodes, but the uh... one of my favorite moments is is she goes to a party and wishes or imagines a, a horse pooping on the her, her nemesis's head. Which um, we've all had that fantasy, right? <laughs> Fortunately, we had to take that bit out. But not for reasons that we can fault Aaron for. No, that seems no, like a reasonable. Not. Yeah, she's a very reasonable person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, it's it's been a lot of fun. The process has been a lot of fun. 
Well, you know, Robbie, like you said, you know, the art for this book looks a lot different than the sort of kind of kid-like scrawling that I get the sense was in the original. Can you talk about how you developed the new look that was going to be used for this book and maybe how it grew out of the earlier version? Well, it's interesting because the earlier version we had done before we started our small press bobbly books. And when we started bobbly books, which is books for kids, one of the things that I kind of said to Matthew that I wanted to do different than our, than Idiot's Books, which is our press for adults, is I wanted to have a consistent style. I didn't want to have to figure out every single book, how it was going to be drawn and have to learn how to do it that way. So for Bobbly Books, I had this consistent style of pen and ink drawings with these sort of layered digital collage as the backgrounds. So that's sort of where that grew from. I had already been doing that for our small press and it just translated so well. And it just makes it a much more beautiful book. So it, it made sense. And Erin had seen all of the work that I had done for Bobbly Books, too, and she, she liked my illustrations there. So it, it was a pretty natural transition from one to the, the next. And, Robbie, are there some moments that you're especially happy with in terms of, uh, from the new book, uh, scenes, even if you had to leave some old favorites uh, behind, maybe some new favorites that uh, ended up uh, making it into the final one? Well, I think the one where the little girl is throwing her Frisbee and the poor baby is just lying there with his eyes wide open. <laughs> Obviously, the Frisbee is just about to land on his face. I think that one I find very charming. <laughs> How about for you, Matthew? Oh, um, I think one of my favorite things is something that was retained from the first book, which is the idea that um, he, he's trying to start a club for people who don't like babies with his sidekick in Hamster Leonard. But his mom insists that the baby get to join the club. So that moment where mom is just so out to lunch that she doesn't get the fundamental premise of the club. Uh, in, the, in the first book, she then started another club for people whose moms don't have a sense of irony. In, in this new book, we just um, had a, a new club for people whose moms don't understand how clubs are supposed to work. So minor modifications for the vocabulary of the child, but still that idea of mom just not getting the point of the baby and how awful it is. And now, I, I believe you both have uh, several children. Uh, you know, Matthew, uh, how many, if any, moments in the book actually have some, some real-life uh, inspirations or antecedents to them? Well, I'd say we've been lucky in that our children have been pretty interested in in accepting of their little siblings as they come along. So fortunately, this sort of bad attitude of the main protagonist is not something we've had to suffer too much. It's funny, these books we wrote as birth announcements for our kids, but we we didn't really wait for our kids to grow up and... um, and be kids before we did it. So we were doing a lot of channeling of what we observed around us. And uh, I think we've, we've gotten off pretty lucky. Our kids seem to get along pretty well and, and value one another. But they, they do have their moments. Um, I think the, the scowl on the face of the little girl in this book is something I recognize and see on my daughter's <laughs> face from time to time. So there's a little bit of channeling of the models that inhabit our lives that, uh, that certainly happen, especially as we, we write new books. And, uh, you know, Robbie, going forward, do you think you and Matthew will, will continue to keep your own businesses going and, and still sort of create some of these sort of artistically driven or art first books through your own lines? Or do you see yourselves suddenly, you know, finding more time and attention drifting toward some of the projects you're working with uh, Aaron, for instance? Well, you know, unfortunately, we've already found that more of our time and attention is drifting to these projects because we've gotten a lot more commercial projects and they've gotten to be a lot bigger. The great thing about the presses that we run ourselves is sort of, yes, absolutely the artistic freedom. And the timeline is that we can kind of crank out a book really quickly with those. So we're trying to keep them alive as kind of incubators for ideas that we can put together books and sell them piecemeal. We had been doing uh, books on subscription 
and we've decided that we just can't maintain that that pace anymore with the commercial stuff going. But we also might start it back up again later. We don't know. It's sort of a little up in the air. But yeah, it's been a real sort of emotional struggle because we don't want to give any of it up. But there's just only so many hours in the day. In addition to making books, um, one of the main objectives or philosophies of our self-publishing has been to uh, reach out to young people especially who are also interested in making things and self-publishing or being artists or being writers and showing them how possible it is, especially as technologies emerge and it becomes easier to publish whatever that looks like in the future. Um, so we do a lot of speaking, workshops, school visits, getting in front of kids, telling our story and showing them that being a creator is mostly just a matter of wanting to and that the resources are out there and that um, it's possible. So we're, we're trying to have our story be an object lesson to kids, and we've had a lot of really gratifying feedback from the kids who read our books, but also the kids who see what we do and are starting to do it themselves. And you know, speaking of you know, getting out there and talking to people, uh, Matthew, are there um, plans underway for when the book is out there? Are you going to maybe get to some local bookstores, that sort of thing? Yeah, we're, we're luckily going to be attending several festivals in the fall. I believe we're going to be at Decatur, Baltimore, um, another festival in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, we're going to be appearing in some local bookstores in the Maryland, D.C. area, hopefully some up in New York. So, yeah, we're absolutely going to get out there and try to share our book and share our story with as many people as we can. We really enjoy that part of it, making it as one thing, but closing the circuit and seeing... We love uh, to pat ourselves on the back all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you've mentioned a few times here and there, you, you, there are some future projects underway as well. Um, Robbie, can you maybe give a quick little rundown of what uh, readers can look forward to down the road? Yeah, we have another picture book with imprint coming out called Everywhere Wonder, and that's coming out in February of 2017, Matthew, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and it's a very different book from Babies Ruin Everything. It's much more arty, I guess. Is that, would you say that, Matthew? And literary, I think. Yeah. um, It's less of a sort of commercial project and more of a... um, It's interesting. It's a book that we had started to develop as a book for our own press, and then our agent shared it with Erin, and she got really excited about the possibility of making it into a book with us. So we've been working with her. Um, It's it's a book about a little boy uh, exploring his world and seeing both the, the big, grand, obviously beautiful things like the pyramids of Egypt or the Grand Canyon, but then sort of noticing that there are equally beautiful, worthy, valuable things around him in his yard or in the store or in the ordinary moments as he goes about his day. So it's, it's showing kids about the value of noticing and in sharing their world. I think that, that's what it's about at, at the heart. So that's one book that's mm-hmm. coming out. It's a picture book. We also have a middle grade series that's coming out. Uh, I'm not sure when it's coming out, Matthew. Fall of 2017. Well, Fall of 2017. I'm, I'm in the depths of doing the illustrations for it. So it's a middle grade book called Moxie and Milton. What is it called? The, the series is called <laughs> The Real McCoys. Bobby and I have our designated roles. And, yes, uh, Matthew's the one who has all the details. Bobby <laughs> just sort of draws pictures and talks out of one side of her mouth. <laughs> So, so the, the Real McCoys is the story of a brother and sister. The narrator is a little girl named Moxie who is uh, very uh, energetic and excited about her life and fancies herself a detective but uh, is hopelessly flawed and needs her little brother who's her, her foil and complement to uh, both solve the problem of the book and also just to, uh, to get through the day. Um, they are interdependent and she comes to recognize the value and, 
and the his her need for him as the as the book goes on. So it's it's a lot of fun. We're having a great time with that. Strangely enough, Matthew is very good at channeling the voice of a you know a middle school girl. That's that seems to come very naturally to him. I was so, put on this earth. I think we have yeah. a lot in common on the emotional register. So uh, <laughs> that is that is what I'm doing these days. So that book is a super. I mean, the thing that that I am excited about with that book is that it's very highly densely illustrated and and there's you know it's a 330 some page book and each page is very integrated it's kind of like a graphic novel but not a panel based novel and so it's you know it's about a thousand illustrations all told once it's done which it's not yet but it will be soon (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know not to not to steal content from the the talks you guys give but i'm I was thinking that maybe you know, if there are people listening who are sort of inspired by your you know, 10 years in the trenches of DIY bookmaking and art making and that sort of thing, which if you have some, like a little piece of advice or something like that that you give to people who are you know, unsure if this is a road they want to go down or you know, if they can do it themselves, is there something you would uh, say to them, Robbie? Yes, my goodness. I think that the, <laughs> the operative word is 10 years in the trenches. <laughs> I think with this kind of works so we've we've found that just continuing to show up just makes a difference there's a lot of people who do it for a few years and they make great stuff but they end up having to they just end up sometimes people end up burning out and i think we have gotten a lot of traction simply by continuing to persist and you get better at it as you go so that's kind of that's a that's a great benefit um but just keep showing up if you keep doing the work eventually people start noticing matthew probably has different advice May I share my, my thoughts? Yes, um, please. <laughs> okay. I, I think, um, you know, we have devoted ourselves to making. I think if we hadn't made 70 books, we wouldn't have had 70 opportunities to figure out how a book works. So just sheer volume of effort and time devoted to it is one thing. But if people hadn't gotten a chance to see the books, we wouldn't have gotten the opportunities. So showing up is another thing that was really important. We took our books to a lot of independent book fairs. We can trace our big breaks, our big moments where the right person saw our book to these moments where we took the time and effort to go to New York City and set up our table at the Museum of Comic and Cartoon Arts Festival. And Jesse Post from Disney bought our mix and match book, After Ever After, which was Disney-themed. So he showed it to Erin when she needed somebody to make a mix and match book. Then we got that opportunity to meet and work with her. And that led to our opportunity to, to make Babies Are in Everything. We, we can do this backwards post-rationalization for all the things that have led to our opportunities, but we could never have predicted which moment was going to lead to them. So we've just had to keep showing up. We've had to keep sharing our work. We've had to very just purposefully put our books in people's hands, whether or not they even wanted them, and say, here's what we made. Please take it. We'd love to share it with you. And doing that enough, combined with, you know, the, I won't judge the quality of our work. That's for others to do. But we've worked hard at making our books good, but we've worked just as hard at making sure that people get a chance to see them. And those two things together have created the current opportunity to make these books with, with Aaron at Imprint. And we're thrilled. We never thought this would happen. Our goal was never to become commercial children's book publishers. But boy, what an exciting byproduct of all of this other work we've done. And I you know, would never have um, traded the route that got us here because of all of the other cool experiences and other books that we got to make. It's, it's been the best of both worlds. Excellent. Well, you know, congratulations again to both of you on the new book, and uh, thank you for speaking with me. Thank, thank you, you so John. much. Once again, I've been speaking with Robbie Bear and Matthew Swanson, the creators of Babies Ruin Everything, out in July from Imprint. 
Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. 